Hi, Callum here. Um, I've got a really important indicator for you today. Um, it's one of the most reliable recession indicators in history. And I don't say that lightly. It's called the tall building effect. And uh, you might have heard of it. It's not a new idea, but it is a very important one. So the, the tall building effect is that history shows that when record high tall buildings open, they usually open in recession. And uh, some examples of that throughout history are the Burj Khalifa, which is in Dubai. I've been to the top of the Burj Khalifa, um, opened in 2009. <laughs> Dubai was went bankrupt around that uh, time, but that was obviously the 2008 crisis and the 2009 recession. There are many more examples in history. Um, the great, what's it called? The Empire Building in New York opened in the middle of the Great Depression, um, the Twin Towers in Malaysia in the 1998 crisis, and on and on and on. There are more examples, and you can look it up. So anyway, it is a known indicator that some people watch. I don't know if that many people know about it, but it's one I've followed. And my old colleague traced it back, and it has worked since 1837, as far as we know. So it's one of the longest indicators in economics. So I opened the paper this morning and what do I see? There is a tall building, a record high skyscraper to go up uh, in Melbourne, um, which has got the go ahead. And it looks like the developer is going to push ahead with it. It's going to cost $2.7 billion. So then it's like, well, when is it going to open? And the article says it will open. Uh, there's, well, sorry, I should say there's a hotel that's going to be in this building. And it will open for its first guest by 2028. So that really jumps out of me. Um, if you know me a little bit, you know I work on a property cycle product with uh, Catherine Cashmore, a real estate expert. And we have dated the property cycle for our subscribers. And it should peak around 2026. And we would expect the property cycle to be in the downswing uh, certainly by 2028. So the fact that that hotel is going to open at that same time is really intriguing. Very, very, very uh, good indicator that A, for the moment, the property cycle is going to keep going because obviously if that company thinks it's worth building that building, that they can make money out of it, they see a positive real estate market in it. But that that dating is, is quite ominous. So um, I would urge you, if you are managing your own money or interested in finance to study everything that you can about not only the tall building effect, but the property cycle in 10 years of writing at Fatale Media, there is not a more important idea than learning about a property cycle because it underpins so many different areas of the economy. That's the first point for today. Second one, I saw in the paper too, that the stock Genworth, uh, popped up as a as an idea to play the property boom um, now genworth sells mortgage insurance so if you uh if you're a buyer who has a high um loan to value ratio the banks will force you to buy this insurance but it, it's genworth that supplies it and i just thought i'd bring it up because i took a, a look at this stock a few months ago and i actually decided to pass on it i think it's a little bit up since then but i just thought i'd talk about why um, at the time, Genworth was under a cloud that it might not get a contract renewal with the CBA. Now, uh, Commonwealth Bank, 
Commonwealth Bank is Australia's biggest lender. So that was very important for them. So that was a big risk. And at that time, the market, you could say, was discounting that risk. So the, the, the sort of like pressure on the stock because everybody was worried about the same thing. So I was thinking, well, maybe you could do it. And even if they lose the contract, it's kind of priced in perhaps. Um, but as I read through the notes, they also had another contract renewal coming up with uh, NAB. And so I, to me, it was too risky because I didn't want to wake up one morning and find myself 10 to 20% down because they'd lost a, a major contract. And of course, here in Australia, our banking system is so concentrated that if Genworth loses, you know, a big bank, there's not that many other ways to replace that, uh, those lost earnings. So um, I passed on that particular stock. Uh, it's not to say if you own Genworth that it's a bad idea or even buying it now, it's a bad idea. I just decided for myself that the, the risk versus reward uh, wasn't that flash. And I think you can buy better plays on the property cycle than that one. Uh, now, for the moment, I really like the mortgage lenders, some of the more obscure ones, so not the big four banks, uh, very cheap relative to how much they're making. So that's very interesting to me. And I still like the, the real estate investment trusts. And in fact, I was talking to some colleagues over in the US saying they should be getting their guys to come out here and buy it up. In my view, the Aussie dollar is undervalued relative to the US dollar. Um, and that gives Americans major buying power to come up here, spend those uh, American dollars here. Uh, they get higher yields than they do in the US because they've had lower interest rates for longer than we have. And there's a very good chance for them that they'll get uh, an appreciating Aussie in the next five years. And part of why I'm positive on the Aussie dollar is that Australia runs a trade surplus at the moment. Uh, current account surplus and we have a very positive commodity market going on right now so i don't think it's too crazy to suggest that the aussie starts to trend back towards 80 cents so other opportunities in the property market there and then i just sort of finished today's article with a with an interesting story about disney wanting to build uh housing communities in the u.s so the idea is i guess like a gated community where um they're the landlord or, or what have you, and, and you can buy into that. And, uh, I didn't know whether that was a good idea for the company. There was a, a fund manager called Peter Lynch who used to call, talk about an idea of diversification, where and the idea was that a company would step of expertise and go and do something that was outside their area. Maybe that's not so true of Disney because they do have their theme parks uh, and that type of thing. So I guess developing a housing estate is not that big a, a jump compared to to one of those but it did make me wonder about um what how exactly that community would be set up and whether you know you'd have to buy into certain disney values or some sort of corporate list of what you couldn't couldn't do um i don't know maybe disney doesn't do that but knowing that brand they're very protective of that brand actually so i imagine there would be various uh restrictions and and type of things so Anyway, it further indicated that the, the housing market in America and Australia, the corporates see more upside, otherwise they wouldn't be getting involved. But also too, what I call the corporatization of housing with uh, companies increasingly trying to, to own the land or, or get involved just because there's so much money in it, uh, as, certainly as they go higher and higher. So some thoughts for you there, but let me reiterate back to point number one. If you don't understand the property cycle, and even if you only invest in stocks, you have to be aware that it will run out of steam uh, at one stage. And when it does, 
the stock market will tank. That's what history shows. And as part of that, the tall building indicator can help us with the timing. So that's it for today. Catch you again.